What's up and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going and watching all the shows here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Jesse Rogers in for Cap, the ailing Cap. I'm just telling you, I'm getting better, though. He's going to be okay by the time the weekend is. I knew my guy wasn't good. The other day, he's sitting down doing the show. Say, hey, man, you get some rest. That Kansas City trip did him in. That did him in. No doubt about it. But he'll be fine. He'll be back Monday. Yeah. So, no yeah. Or you'll come in. Yeah. Two. I'm, I'm done after two. <laughs> I, I don't think the listeners can <laughs> handle a third day. <laughs> Two's enough for them. 312-332-3776 is our phone number here on Cap and J-Hood. So, this story coming across. And, boy, if you have a problem with Iowa, you certainly will now. <laughs> Here's the screeching headline. You ready for this, Jess? Yeah. Iowa cancels 200 tickets purchased by Illinois student section for falsely po- uh, posing as a boys and girls club. The Illinois student section for falsely posing as a boys and girls club. <laughs> 200 tickets have been canceled by Iowa. Now, let's, think, un- let's unpack that. The Illini will take on Iowa. It'll take place at Iowa. And so... You know the Orange Crush. That's the fan base. The largest student-run charitable organization released a statement on Twitter Wednesday, and they revealed that the group has lost nearly $6,000 after getting a late notice from the Iowa's athletic department that its ticket purchase for Saturday's game has been canceled. Hold on a second. So because the Orange Crush said this is for the local boys and girls club, Iowa says you can't come. 200 tickets done. How? Yeah, this story is ripe for sports radio. I mean, there's so yeah. many layers to unpack here. First and foremost, and I, I, you and I don't know all the little details about buying tickets. Like, when you buy group tickets, do you have to give a reason? I'm buying 100 tickets. Why do I have to give a reason, no reason. who's buying it, right? Yeah. But apparently they had to, and they say it's the, they lied. They admit that they lied. They were trying to get a, 150, 200 fans from Illinois to infiltrate Iowa. And this game is tomorrow. I'm going to this game. Yes. Just randomly at the same time I got tickets earlier in the week, bought tickets from the uh, Iowa Athletic Department. So I'm going because my daughter is a freshman at Iowa. Then Wednesday night, Thursday, I hear Waddle and Sylvie talking about it yesterday as well. This story comes out that they canceled the tickets. So there's a couple questions. First of all, why, if you're buying group tickets, do you have to give a, a reason? I guess maybe you have to give the what the group is, I suppose. Yes. But 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 bulk, I I feel like it's buying bulk tickets bulk b u l k yeah like if I buy twenty tickets fifty tickets why do I have to tell tell them who am I who I'm buying them for but okay they did they lied so there's two things here whether they lied or not they bought the tickets yes should they be allowed to keep the tickets should teams have a say in th- this reminds me of like when the Brewers say hey you have you have to have a Wisconsin ID. To buy tickets to a Cubs game. Or remember back in the day, didn't the Nashville Predators try to keep Blackhawk fans yes. out? And there were some rules there. You had to be a, a resident there. Like, yeah. So that those are a couple of my questions. Like, Should an opposing team be allowed to um, put guardrails up in terms of the tickets they sell? Or shouldn't it be just whoever wants to buy them? And the second thing is, in this specific case... They lied about who they were. I mean, they said they were for the Boys and Girls Club. That's kind of shady. It is shady. So is it? it do you find it okay in, on Iowa's part 
to pull the tickets. Well, Shay, here's the, the um, thoughts here from the Iowa Athletic Office. The Iowa Athletics Department became aware of a discounted group ticket order for the Iowa-Illinois men's basketball game on behalf of an Illinois chapter of the Boys and Girls Club. And following up with that organization, it became clear that this was not factual. Hey, we'll see you Saturday. What are you talking about? When, We're not going. When contacting the individual who made the original ticket order, they admitted to falsely ordering tickets under the nonprofit organization. Iowa Athletics has refunded the original ticket order and donated tickets to the Boys and Girls Club of Cedar Rapids. We look forward to welcoming these kids to a sold-out Carver-Hawkeye Arena this Saturday. How so, about that? Instead of 200 Illini fans, they're, they're going to they're have 50 more Iowa fans there in the form of the kids from the Boys and Girls Club. Shay, what do you think of this? Here's the problem for me. Is apparently because they said they were the Boys and Girls Club, they received a charitable organization discount. Okay. So they, okay. in a way, they quite literally committed fraud. Now, my question for Iowa is if you had received a group ticket purchase and they had just said, we're the Orange Crush from Illinois, would you have allowed the tickets to go through? Right. That, that's the question. And what's the answer? The answer is no. They probably would have said no. That's why they hid who they were. But also, that's bogus, too, though. I, I, no, no, not no. Yeah. That's bogus. Yeah. If I've got money right. and I'm, I'm part of the Orange Crush, yeah, I'm an Illini fan. I'm traveling to your place. Do you understand that I'm spending money in your town? Not only just in your right. arena, but your town. That only helps the city. That I'm going to be going to a restaurant, go to bars. So I'm actually putting more money in from across the border than what Iowa fans would do. Iowa fans are already there. I'm adding to the economy. Well, you can make the same case for Cub fans that going that are going up to Milwaukee, which goes back to my original question. Is it right or is it wrong that these teams put some guardrails up to the point where a fan base has to lie that they're a boys and girls club Jesse, to get around it? Jesse, People in our Twitch chat saying the Orange Crush has been doing this for years lying to scam stadiums and getting them group tickets at cheaper rates. Okay, well, again, be, because it's a scam and it's under Boys and Girls Club, my thought is is that that's shady because the Boys and Girls Club means a lot to a lot of people, yeah. including me and including you. And why should they get a discount when the rest of us are paying full price? Full price. Yes. I paid full price for these tickets. So, but, but I think your question is a great one in that if they were able to pay full price, and, they, and look, I mean, there's a way to get that done. Then would they be allowed to be in? And I'm thinking not. I'm right. thinking not. So there, two wrongs don't make a right. If Iowa or Milwaukee Brewers or National Predators are denying tickets from opposing fans, that's wrong. But also lying that you're a nonprofit charitable organization is wrong. It is. But but uh, let's talk about the Cubs in Milwaukee for a second. Because yeah. you, you've been around this. I've been around it, too. So, Cub fans take over Milwaukee, and rightfully so, right? They call it Wrigleyville North. Yeah, Yeah. but rightfully so. It's up to the Brewer fan to get more Brewers fans in there for that rivalry. That's not on on Cub. Cub fans are going to be there because, first of all, it's not Wrigley Field. Secondly, you can tailgate right there in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. It's a great night or a great day. It's in a Milwaukee. cheaper ticket than than, Rig- Absolutely. than than Wrigley. But it's not up to Milwaukee to to shut out the Cub fan. Same thing in Nashville. It's still a good. It's a decent hockey town. But if Hawks fans want to be able to spend the spend the night in Nashville, yeah. put put a, a, a whole bunch of cash and a, and do all they do around Nashville to infu- have an infusion of cash for the economy of Nashville and go to the game? That's not a bad thing. That's a great point. The Board of Tourism in Nashville probably hates that rule. Like Only only local fans can get the tickets. And same thing up in Milwaukee. I don't know. I, I, I feel it is a little sleazy for, for a team to uh, uh, put guardrails up to, to deny 
the opponent. I mean, these are fans. We're yes. all in it together. These are fans. Yes. So I do think it's a little sleazy, but but Illinois shouldn't. The fan, the the Orange Crush should not be portraying themselves as a nonprofit charitable group. That was wrong as well. Well, so here's the deal. This guy who apparently didn't want to go on the air called to get in my ear. Ed called to say the Orange Crush is a nonprofit organization. They would have also gotten the discount, so it's not a big deal. Okay, well, Ed hung up. Ed, call back. Why would they lie then? If they're going to get the discount anyway, why would they lie? They didn't. What, if they came there and said, "Hey, we're a, a nonprofit organization. We're the Orange Crush." No thanks. So you, they would have said no. This isn't like buying paper towels. If you buy in bulk, you just get a discount no matter what. Right. You, you need to say it's for a charity, yes. and may, then you get a discount. So I was thinking maybe if you buy 150 tickets, they're discounted 10 percent per ticket or something like that. But that's only if you're part of this nonprofit charity. So you're right. If they've been doing that for years, that's just wrong. You can't do that. Again, we want to make sure it's very clear. The yeah. Orange Crush is the largest student-run charitable organization. It is, but but they were but not allowed to be in Iowa though because so, they're the Orange Crush, right, right? But if that's true, and they are a charitable organization, and they would get the same discount as the Boys and Girls Club, and the only reason Iowa wouldn't let them go as the Orange Crush is because they're an Illinois group, then it's soft on Iowa. This is where I miss Dickerson so much. He, he'd be so angry right yes, now. Yes, he would. Oh, boy. Well, my daughter goes to Iowa, so I'm like, ah, I don't care. No. I don't care. I got two tickets on Monday. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> JD, Driving JD, up in the morning. JD would be so angry right now. Wearing my Iowa gear. And I was, I've been an Illini fan my whole life. My sister and brother went to Illinois, but my daughter trumps my sister and brother. Oh, yeah. And the state I live in. Now, here's the key to all this. Uh, Jesse, you know, he's got these tickets now. You know, know. they've become a little bit more valuable. Yeah, Jesse's got a price. I just want you to know. I want everyone to know Jesse's got a price. So, I mean, you know, if you if you speak, you know, nicely, maybe Jesse will take a pass. How awful is this? Because this price now is going to outweigh me seeing my daughter. What's the number that will get me to not go see my daughter tomorrow at college? (laughs) Just keep in mind. Now, we're not saying that he's selling his tickets here because we're not doing that. that. We can't say. But I just want you to know, Jesse has a price. DM him. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Danny and Sugar Grove is with us on Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Danny. Jay Hood, you guys are missing a huge part of this story. About 10 years ago, the Orange Crust pulled this stunt off. There was like 150 students. They went up to Iowa, black T-shirts, took the T-shirts off. The Orange Crush was took over Iowa's arena. And ever since then, it's been like uh, six limited to five or six tickets sold to Champagne addresses to any Iowa basketball game. Yeah, I saw that that it happened a decade ago, but, I mean, it's 150 fans. What do you mean they took over the arena? They didn't like it. Well, it's they 150, not 5,000. Do you think that's right, Danny? No, it's terrible. I just, I'm I just, Arizona State grad, but, uh, yeah, you can't do that. I mean, so, yeah, it's like, so you're not going to let Arizona fans be in the, uh, there for the basketball game? That wouldn't be right. The Wildcats would never make it. They're not smart enough to make it up to 10 feet. You know, you know, that big. That's the best right there. That's true. Right? Now, that's college rivalry right there. You see that? That's outstanding. Appreciate the telephone call, Danny. He leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776, our phone number. So what are we asking, uh, Shay? Because this is a good question. Like, is this should Iowa allow the Illini fans to be able to go to the game? And, and Shay, I'm, uh, I have a tweet here that says the discount was for buying group tickets, yeah. not as a charity. 
The Orange Crush used an alias because Iowa would not allow them to buy the tickets. Yeah. So, well, okay, but Shea said it was because they were a charity. That's what I had heard. I, there's all sorts of stuff going on around this. I had heard that they received a charitable organization discount. I thought it was like the paper that, towels you buy in bulk. The point is, though, if I, I right, I, if it's true that like they're an organizational group or a charitable organization anyway. Then they should be allowed to buy the tickets. I don't care if you're an opposing fan base and your fan base isn't buying them. Let them go to whoever. But Iowa they has the not, money to do not, it. That's what I'm saying. Iowa's not the only entity to do this. Oh, Milwaukee, Nashville. I'm sure there's many others that have but put it's guardrails soft when up. they do it too. Like when the when the Brewers say you have to have an Illinois driver's license. Right. If you have an Illinois driver's license, you can't get tickets to the Cub game. That's stupid. I That's would dumb. agree. I think we all agree the opposition should be allowed to get in if they legally buy tickets. But Jesse, to bullet point it. Because the tickets were falsely purchased on behalf of a local boys and girls club, that's why the Crush did that. Because if they just came in and said, hey, we're a charitable organization, we're the Crush, they'd say no. Iowa would say no. Can't do it. And so, and so that's the story. But Iowa couldn't stop them if 150 kids bought individual tickets. They couldn't stop that. It's just the bulk, yes. bulk thing that... Named the Orange Crush organization. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want 200 all in the same section right. just, just screaming but for the Illini. But if 200 people bought individually, they can't stop that. So it is the group aspect of it. Yeah. So we're talking to you about that as well. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Also talking about Michael Jordan on Michael Jordan Day. And we'll open up Jesse's notebook. There's some new rules that could be happening in Major League Baseball. Don't forget we'll have that in the Friday folder coming up at 935. All part of the mix on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and J-Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. It'll be Mike Greenberg coming in, Greeny from 10 to 12, Carmen Yurko 12 to 2, Waddle and Sylvie, Black and Abdallah 6 to 8, right into Mike North and Carmen DeFalco. With the ant couple. You know what I mean? And then it will be Freddie and Fitzsimmons right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. We got a lot going on here. We do. We got a lot going we're on. all over the place. Got a little Michael Jordan, and we're celebrating Michael Jordan, and then we're talking about what's happening with the Iowa-Illinois game, which is a big game, a great rivalry game, but just the idea that Iowa is saying, no, no, you are not a, uh, a real charity. There is no Boys and Girls Club. No, you cannot get 200 tickets. You're out. You're done. They just told them this week. So tell them a conundrum, because there's two th- sides yeah, of this, right? Yeah, there's two sides of this, right? It's it's lying about who you are as an organization, but also the feel, feeling the need to do that because the team won't issue you group tickets if you don't lie. So who's right, who's wrong? But I will say Illinois fans could have fallen back on buying individual tickets. They just wouldn't be all sitting together. That would suck. Yeah. I can't sit with my friend. I, hey, I got one ticket here, and I see you, but you're right. down the line in Section 204. Kind of defeats the purpose of being the Orange Crush. Four, 18, yeah. 12. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like, where's Waldo then? You want the Illini fans all together. And people are can. saying they got a discount because they did buy in bulk. Yes. Not because they were a charity necessarily. So, But a false charity at that, though. Right. It wasn't, But it wasn't for the Illinois Boys and Girls, Girls Club. Club. It was for themselves. Yes. Yeah. It just, you know, but... To your point, though, that whole thing with the Brewers, yeah. whole thing with the Nashville Predators, like, man, it's on you. 
Every empty seat in a stadium, I don't care what it is, every empty seat is a problem with marketing. You see an empty seat in this, as if you see an empty seat in any stadium, that's on marketing. That's their, that's your fault. I would think if I was the opposition, I still want my building full. Now I don't want it taken over, but I want it full. And if there's 150 fans from the opposition there, so be it. Well, trust radio. How about that? Why don't you start giving those tickets out on the radio like you used to? Right. On in, a regular basis. Of course, in Milwaukee, the Cub fans do take over. So I get that. Yeah. I understand their guardrails. Oh, it's a tricky question. Tricky I, question. You know, if there would be no guardrails, I'd do, have to do a better job getting my fans right. in the stadium. That's on me. Right. Don't blame Cub fans for coming up there. Right. I'm a Sox fan. When the Sox played the Brewers, I was there for every game. Like, yeah, hey, it was no guardrails on me. Yeah, I'm walking up and getting four tickets for every game. Yeah. So three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Uh, Gregory's in Wheeling as we talk MJ on ESPN one thousand. All right, Greg, how are you doing? Hey, Jay Hood, Jesse, you guys are the best. I got to tell you. Hey, Greg. So, anyways, we got to go back to the late eighties when the Bulls were still playing in the original Jordan House that was called the Chicago Stadium. My mother sent into the Chicago Tribune. They had an organization called the Fun Club. And if you sent them a little letter with a little check, they could get you discounted tickets to sporting events and all kinds of things going on in the Chicagoland area. I lived in Chicago at the time all my life almost. Mm -hmm. Well, she sent in to get two tickets for the Bulls. They cost $5 a piece. Mm. And we sat courtside on folding chairs in line with the basket. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yeah. This was before, you know, everything went crazy. So what I got to tell you is that if you see a photo or if you see a, a video of Jordan playing, it's two-dimensional. And because of that, you don't see any depth at all. And when you see him in person, which you guys did yep. many, many times, it's just amazing because I watched him leave the floor at the free throw line, <laughs> literally be in the air the entire time through the key and then make a dunk. And I'm sitting there going, I don't believe this. <laughs> How about that? And he saw Reggie Theus play yeah. and, and didn't believe in Michael Jordan. That's pretty good. Seeing it up close, you're right. There is It, it, it adds context. It adds all that to it. That the TV can't. Greg, we appreciate your telephone call. Uh, let's go to Tal on ESPN 1000 with Jay Hood and Jesse Rogers. Hey, Tal. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How you doing? I'm good. I am driving to Iowa in like less than two hours. I really want those tickets. My husband offered to mow your yard. <laughs> let's see. My yard gets mowed or I go see my daughter at college. I'm... I, I'm I'm in, I'm gonna have to lean towards my daughter. I got to keep the tickets. Well, I mean, I'll pay some money too, but uh, know that it sucks because I've been watching the ticket prices because I'm going to be there. And I went to Iowa, like my dad went to Iowa. I, four, four generations of my family have gone to Iowa, and wow. I was watching the ticket prices on third party sites. And before this all came out, like it was about seventy bucks for an individual ticket. It's now close to two hundred dollars. So I totally got priced out of being able. I can't. I'm not paying that four hundred dollars for two tickets to go to a game. Right. Well, right. Well, so. Jesse, what do you want to do here? Well, I, you know, if my daughter calls in sick to me tonight and says she's not going, <laughs> tell, I'll be on the phone with you. But otherwise, I got I got to reserve them for me and my daughter tomorrow. 
I get it. Uh, I do want to say this, though. Illinois fans are just mad. They tried sneaking into our house, and they got caught. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. they tried sneaking into our house, and they got caught, and they're now mad about it. Well, boo-hoo. Well, tell. I mean, listen, if I'm an Illini fan, and I'm part of the Orange Crush, can I just get, a, you know, 10 tickets? Are you going to still push me out if I get at least 10? I don't, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I don't work tickets at Iowa, no, and I have, I'm, right, but, like, I, I mean, I don't see why a group of 10 wouldn't be able to go, but I know that, like, the Iowa Athletic Department reached out to the Boys and Girls Club of Champaign because right. they wanted to give them an, a, a true experience going to the game, and they were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. So mm. that's how they found out is because they reached out to the actual Boys and Girls Club because they wanted to, like, you know, give them a tour or do whatever, and, yeah, they found out it wasn't real. All right, Tal. We appreciate the telephone I, call. At least you tried. I wonder if whoever made that call to the uh, to the Champagne Boy had it in mind that it might be a scam, just because of what happened a decade ago and everything, and the rivalry between these clubs, I teams, universities. I wonder if he called down there thinking he was going to catch the Orange Crush and something, or actually just called down there to say, "Hey, the boys are boys and girls are coming. We want to." give them a behind-the-scenes tour, and then they got called out. Because if that was an innocent phone call, that's quite an awkward, we don't have any tickets. We're not, we're not bussing up kids to, mm. to Iowa, mm. over to Iowa. Mm. I think, I wonder if that call was made with something in mind. Tal, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Ken in Aurora, Colorado, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Hello, Ken. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thanks for checking in. Uh, thank you for taking the call. Hey, um, yeah, I went to see Jordan twice. I saw his 20,000 point. It was fantastic. And his uh, second home game back after his return. And the guy's unbelievable. I, I, we all know how great he is. But I think his defining moment was, uh, was the move he made in the Lakers series, in the, in the, play, in the, in the finals. Yeah. Because the way they just, he just dominated Magic and... Uh, and the Lakers, and the way they passed the torch from one MJ to the next, it was, I, 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 words can almost not describe how fantastic it was. Switching hands on the layup, right? Yep. That was, that was iconic. Uh, and he's right, the changing of the guard, literally, Magic Johnson to, to Michael Jordan happened in that series. Sidebar, may I approach? Brought to you by? The great Ankin Law. The great Howard Ankin. I'm not used to it. We need. This is where we're missing capital. Yeah, exactly. The great Howard Anker. I didn't know. I, I, I yes, didn't know how may. to say it either. Brought to you by the great Howard Anker. Three one two six million for the great Howard Anker. Put that number in your phone in case you need him. Sign my ball. <laughs> so Jesse, can you open up your notebook? You got your yeah. uh, baseball notebook I got there. It here. I got okay, it here. I know we're not at spring training just as of yet. Yeah. You said uh, pitchers and catchers report on the fifteenth. Yes. Okay. So there's are there some new innovations that are coming. Yeah, there's some major rule changes and possibly even even more than what's been announced. We know the ones, the elimination of the shift, right? Um, there's going to be a pitch clock, 15 and 20 seconds. Well, that, uh, which will not be adhered to by the time we get to May 1st, but go ahead. Oh, it'll be adhered to. That, I, that, I'm writing about this next week for ESPN.com. They're telling umpires, rip off that Band-Aid. Letter of the law starting day one of spring training games. There, there's going to be violations. If a batter's not in with eight seconds remaining, he gets called a strike. If a pitcher doesn't throw when the clock goes off, he gets called a ball, and they're going to enforce it. That's the one thing they've said to their umpires, enforce this. 
Now, there will be some discretion. We get to the heart of the summer. It's really hot out. Guys sweating, 10 pitch at bat. There might be some discretion, but rare cases of discretion. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I will bet you that. We, how many years have we had to go through this? I There's know. a new innovation. It's going to be led to the law, and then we get to a lazy Wednesday in July. And then all of a sudden, it takes thirty seconds right. between pitches. They used to check the the hands really a back and forth. Yeah, now it's just like yeah, they yeah. show the hand of the ump as he's walking. You're saying, I've been told over and over again, umpires are going to call it to the letter of the law starting day one because the sooner players get used to it, the sooner this thing will come, become second nature. So there's a couple other ones they're thinking about do, uh, uh, sort of legislating. Just uh, just one other thing on that last yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. All right, you want to letter of the law? Every stadium has a buzzer, just like the NBA arenas. If you want to do it that way, right. if you really believe that that's 15, what is that, 15 to 20 seconds between yeah. pitches. 15 when there's no one on base, 20 when there's someone on. Give me give me the buzzer. Put it so, in there. There will be a buzzer in the umpire's ear cause, so he doesn't have to watch the clock It'll because he's got to watch the pitch. When the buzzer goes off in his ear, he'll call a ball if the, the ball hasn't been pitched. Now, maybe just like the the the... The play clock in football, sometimes it goes to zero and you allow the play to happen. Maybe there'll be that one second, half a second, instant, whatever, yeah. that he can throw it. But then that buzzer goes off, he's going to call it a ball. That, that's what I want. I want that in every You want it all I want the, it blaring. Blaring. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I want. Yeah. I, if you want to do it, if you really want to do it right, put the buzzer that's in. That's funny. Big, Quite, big buzzer sound. Give it to me, Johnny. Uh, uh, Quato on the line. Yeah. And here's the pitch. Hit the buzzer. Here. Oh, he hasn't started yet. Ball one. Wait a minute. I was just getting my leg up there. No. That's what I want. Here's Mike Hargrove adjusting his... Uh, oh, my God. His... His, uh, his gloves. gloves and batting gloves. Mike Hargrove. Say you're too young. Not in the back. Not in the box. Mike Hargrove, the human rain delay, between every pitch, takes the gloves off, puts the gloves back on, makes sure it's tapered down, right hand, left hand, adjusts the helmet. Straightens out with the shoulders, puts the foot in, put the other foot in, holds the bat. That's it's <laughs> He's 45 done. seconds. He's done. It'll be, he'll be adjusting one glove, and that buzzer will go off. Oh my they have God. to be in the box with eight seconds remaining on the clock, at least eight seconds remaining. What about giving each of the umpires a whistle and a flag? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you go delay a game, you just toss the flag at the pitcher or the batter. And then, then the let's whistle. go one step further. Managers get the challenge. The violation. Yes. And then we go back to the replay. Uh, Did the clock, just like an NBA game, did the clock get to zero before the pitch? Oh, my God. It could. It's ripe for controversy. I don't disagree. That's why they, they're going to try to enforce it to the letter of the law in spring training. You have 30-plus games. And there's two more, you said, right? This. Yeah, they're going to work on pop-up slides. Okay, big deal. What's, um, what's wrong with that? What's... Well, uh, guys getting called out, you know, um, the, the, the bias slides? Yeah, maybe the bias slides. They're working on slides at, at mainly second base where you're not called out because you were off by a millimeter, that kind of thing. You mean defensively? The neighborhood play? No, no, no. The neighborhood play. I'm talking about offensively sliding into the bag. Oh, wow. So they're going to work on, on, on that. I don't know exactly what the outcome there is. The bigger one they're working on is position players pitching. It's gotten out of hand. And even the players are complaining because it's affecting numbers. Home runs, RBIs, you know, defensive metric. This comes up in arbitration free agency. So I think they might limit position players pitching. There might be a rule for all I know. If you're losing, uh, I mean, if you're winning, you can't pitch a position player. If you're winning in the game. Mm-hmm. And if you're losing, it has to be maybe by seven or more. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. But there might be, as soon as this year, some rules against 
too many position players pitching. Well, you can thank your guy Madden for that. But in part, it, in part, in you, part, you'd be down five one. Here comes a backup shortstop. Well, come you, on, don't give up. It used to be fun, yeah, to see one out there. Now it's getting annoying. It happens a lot now. It happens Way a lot. It delays the game, especially if you're winning already. You shouldn't be able to throw a position player. No, I like legislating against that. All right, coming up, we open up the Friday folder. Things that we didn't get to on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and J Hood. Hey, the Bulls won. Jesse was wrong on that bet. <laughs> the Bulls. They beat a bad team finally. Yeah, I was riding Charlotte plus six. Not the case. 114.98. The Bulls defeated the Charlotte Revenge Hornets. game. <laughs> I just thought they'd keep it a little closer. DeRozan Levine combined for 25. You think they'd get destroyed. It was, be, it was one of their better wins. What, don't be laughing, Shay. What are you chuckling at over there? It's a shot across the bow at Jesse. Oh, Jesse. Just, just updated brutal. the people in the morning. The Bulls won last night. All I said Jesse, was you idiot. yesterday I said they have trouble beating bad teams. And he, <laughs> he put the house mortgage on, on Charlotte. 114.98. The Bulls beat Charlotte tomorrow. DeRozan was named to his sixth all-star team. His second as a bull. Northwestern, go Cats. No Cats. Losing to Michigan. That's their second straight loss on Chicago's Home for Sports. Captain Jay Hood are back. And you know this, man. Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Because it's Friday. It's time for the Friday Folder. And you ain't got shit to do. On the Captain Jay Hood Show. Waddle's favorite song, Little Rockford Files. As we open up the Friday folder here on Chicago's Home for Sports, Jesse's in for Cap. I'm Jay Hood on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. The Friday folder is brought to you by ETI School of Skill Trades. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right, well, there's no David Kaplan here to take a rousing take that from me or a told you so on this story, but we have to get to it. During last offseason, CBS Sports executives recognized that some of the lusters of Tony Romo's NFL analysis had faded. As a result, they staged something of an intervention. The New York Post reporting Andrew Marchand here. In an effort to have Romo focus on more on being fully prepared and find a way to mesh better, better with his broadcast partner Jim Nance, executives included including CBS Sports chairman Sean McManus and CBS lead NFL game producer Jim Rickoff, flew on separate trips to Romo's Dallas home. Ooh, see? He's not good, Jesse. Well, he's, he's, well, he just, well, here, so, see, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Cap thinks he's great, and Shay thinks that he's, he's garbage. And my thought is, is that, you know, Romo, when he first got on television, it was fantastic because he was going to tell you what happened before it happened. I mean, he's a wizard because he it was a quarterback. Now, all sound effects or saying you're not sure, you can't make that kind of money and say, I'm not sure about that play. You have to be definitive. I agree with you 100%. He's been awful since that first year. He's even stopped predicting plays. Here's the thing about these former athletes in the booth, and I mentioned this to Waddle and Sylvie the other day. I, I have strong opinions about this. They need to reference their playing days a little bit more if Romo and others would say or even Greg Olson who's good like when we were in the huddle and the quarterback was hemming and hawing we we got nervous about the play whatever it is they they don't re- all they do is like analyze well you know what we're smart enough to analyze a play but we've never played the emotion reference when you played mm-hmm. well when I was in that huddle with the Cowboys we always had Jason Winton st- step up and say something and he calmed us down they need someone to calm them I don't know whatever it is he doesn't do that he just makes noises and stuff you if you and I could do the job that Tony Romo's doing then he's not doing a good job 
Because we true. didn't play the game at a high level. Right. He needs to tell us what's going on based on how he played. But just like all these ex-athletes need to do. Yeah. This is exactly the problem I've always had with this hire. And I, even in the first year when he was good, I said, this is an issue. Because, Jesse, you just hit on something that I've always said. You and Hoodie could do the job. I could get in there and do a decent job. But we are broadcasters. We've been trained to do this. This yeah. is what we grew up to do. Tony Romo's a quarterback. They plucked him out of the league and dropped him into the A booth. The reason Greg Olson's so good is because they let let him marinate on lower broadcasts and learn and You're train right. and become a right. broadcaster. Yeah. Romo, they threw right into the A booth with Nance, and then they handed him $180 million. There's no incentive to get better. Yeah, See, but you're right, except for you're being nationally embarrassed. That should be a reason to get better. And now they, they've talked to him apparently a couple times. Like, at least CBS is aware of this. Yes. And he's still not getting any better. It's a, it's a, it's a bad broadcast. Uh, and and and, here's, oh, he, and he brings Nance down to be honest. No, no question. And here's the difference: Greg Olson and, and Kevin Burkhart. You could hear the homework. Burkhart gives Olson time to marinate and be able to explain. It's not like Burkhart is hovering over him. You could tell that those two are in a room working on storylines, and it comes out nicely. People are so caught up in star power. Wait, can't wait to Tom Brady to be right, there. Right. Can't wait for Romo. No. How about just two competent broadcasters that can tell me what the hell's going on? I and agree with you. Like and, a part and, of the game. And, and I think Olsen is, but I'd say it's even more like enough with the cliches. Like, tell me when I was tight end and we were getting ready for the playoff game, we we did like I want more of that. Yeah. I want more of that. Stories. Not just analyzing a play that basically a football a diehard football fan could analyze. Just Go take it. your take a your experiences and use them in the broadcast. The wizard is still <laughs> Wizardry, but right here, oh, we might have been down. Oh my God! That By the left shin, might have been down. That's horrible. And the thing is, Nance knows it. Nance knows it. <laughs> oh, and he Nance can't, hates him. You he, can just hear you, it that Nance right. hates him. <laughs> Nance hates the, the chemi- You want to talk about chemistry? That's the opposite of chemistry. That booth. The wiz- I mean, Hoodie, how would you feel? You're teasing your way to commercial in the middle of a call, and it's like the NFL game. You got to get to commercial when you got to do it. And in the middle of your tease, Romo, ooh, ooh, I don't know, Hood, Hoodie, I don't know. I'm not sure. That, that might not be a fumble, Hoodie. I don't know. I, I, I would You'd just. You want to hit him with a brick. Yes, I would. Why don't Sylvie play that Dick Ebersol cut from before the season criticizing Romo? Yeah. And now we've gone through another season. It's still. The criticism fits perfect. Dick Ebersol said he's he's mailing it in. He needs to do And he's exactly right. Nothing's changed. There's no homework there with Romo. That's the whole thing. You don't yeah. hear it. There's no stories. It's a lot of oohs and ahs. But what I don't like is that you're not definitive on the call. If something happens, I don't know, Jim. Let's bring right. in our expert. No. You have to be able to tell us what's going on, Tony. That's you, what I'm saying. Rely on your own experiences a little bit more instead of just the replay. Any of us can see if he's down or not. That's not the question. When CBS has to go to your home and talk to you about how bad a job you're doing, that's not a good thing. Well, so Danny knocked on my door about a week ago, and it was a similar <laughs> conversation. Charles Davis is like, where's mine? I do just, just, I'm doing just fine with Eagle. All right, what else do we have? All right, this headline went viral yesterday. Canadian groundhog Fred LaMarmot found dead just no. before winter prediction. I'm dead? No. Fred? What did you say, Fred? Fred LaMarmot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. I'm, no, I'm not alive. No, I'm not poking my head out. No, cold. Yeah, no. So Fred is not sticking his head about a dead groundhog. It's correct in that, Quebec. That's brutal. What do you think, Jesse? Would, what, you eat, would you eat it? Which which 
when he when he sees his shadow, is that I don't know the come on the uh, distinction. Come if on, you see, the, if you see the shadow, it's the shorter winter, right? It's the shorter winter. Yes. Okay. I just that's I, I I never get that right. But what about the dead groundhog? What does he see there? Well, nothing. Nothing. He's right. <laughs> he sees nothing. <laughs> it's going to be a long winter for him. This is an all-time <laughs> name story. The event organizer, Roberto Blondin, said at Le Jour de Fred or Fred's Day, no. well, this year it's true. It's sadly true. I announce to you that Fred is dead. I'm not. No, I'm <laughs> tweeting. I'm listening. No, not dead. Here's Shay Dorling. Shay? I'm drinking All a right. beer. <laughs> Craft. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Craft beer. We have a number one oh. overall pick with quite a diet hoodie. Anthony Edwards eats 21 bags of Chester's hot fries a week. I would not admit that. I wouldn't admit that as, a, as an athlete or even as a non-athlete. I wouldn't admit 21 that. 21 bags. Oh, can't tell that story. I'm gonna, <laughs> I knew you were going to go with that. I can't go with that story. Yeah. Okay, so we'll flip that. I was, it was, it was coming, but I, I can't do that now. All right, so um, Anthony Edwards is a hell of an athlete, and but you know what? There are some kids. I'll give you an example of uh, Andrew Wiggins. You remember Shea Wiggins when he first came to the league with Minnesota? He was the sidekick with Towns. The only thing he liked was basketball, gummy bears, and video games. That was his diet, just like candy. And it's kind of like he had to grow up with Golden State and start to take care of his body and eat properly. But as a kid, you eat what a kid eats. And so his, his nutrition got better. I will say this. It feels like there are some athletes, maybe this is what makes them great athletes. It does. It, they're going to be great no matter what. They can eat 21 bags of chips, whatever it is, at least at that, at that age, and still be great. But hot, though, right? The hot fries. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's the rough part. That's a lot of spicy, like artificial spice, too. That's a lot for a week. Mm. Even even at his age, that's a lot. Mm. I couldn't do it. You got one more to slide in there? Is there one more? Uh, Emirates flight. Uh, there was passengers on an Emirates flight from Dubai to Auckland, New Zealand. They were on a 13-hour trip that returned to Dubai because halfway through the flight, it had to go back to its origin. Oh! Why? Gas? Extreme weather and flooding at its destination, Auckland Airport, following, following devastating flash floods in the north of the country, forced the plane to turn around. You're in the middle of a 13-hour flight, and you're in the middle of it, and you got to turn around. How far home. into it were they? Did it say? Uh, about halfway, yeah. Oh, Typical God. flight time of 16 hours. They flew six and a half hours towards New Zealand before pilots made the decision to turn back. So they basically took a whole flight, oh. ended up back where they started. Oh. <laughs> You've had your nightmare flights. I've had a few. Yeah. But that's pretty that's bad. That's bad. I've never flown seven hours and then fly back <laughs> seven without. Oh, oh, man. That's bad planning. What, Southwest? Was it? Are you sure it wasn't Southwest? All right. Leave them alone. <laughs> they take care of me in Southwest. Lady in Charlotte says, uh, I've got a, a little special ticket here to put in between these seats because of your wide shoulders. Oh. It wasn't because of the shoulders, but I appreciate the sentiment nonetheless. <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment, though. I, because of your broad shoulders, you put this ticket here that way. No one sits next to you. Like, ma'am, thank you very much. Well, that, that's at least something Southwest did. Well, it's a southern charm. Right. That's why. She, she didn't this say, didn't happen during the holidays. I guarantee you that. She didn't say because you're a big guy. Right. You've got to make sure that you sit by yourself right. pretty much. But that's about <laughs> your broad shoulders. Thank you, ma'am. Nice way of saying big guy. Also gave me a, a, a nice sweet tea afterwards as well. Oh, hey, Tra Tracy Butler's here. More than United has ever given me. So. <laughs> Tracy Butler's here. Did you know that? 
Oh, yes. Good, because I need to know what that drive to Iowa is going to be like tomorrow. All right. She'll help you out with the weekend weather. That's next. And also the Cap and J-Hood Cut of the Day on Chicago's Home for Sports. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and J-Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Cap and J-Hood. With Jesse in for Cap here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. All right, it was time, time for the Cap and J-Hood Cut of the Day brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. I say get the Denver Soul or the Dover Soul or whatever it is. It's still great food at Chicago Cut Steakhouse. All right, here we go. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut the coffee goes off. My coffee is hot, ready to go. I don't drink the coffee on the way to work. I come in, I take two sips of the coffee. Oh, it's like manna from heaven. Snorling and I, we're going to have our meeting with you. Snorling picks up my mug and starts drinking it. And then he goes, oh, God, sorry. He takes a good gulp of my coffee. I, I did takes- not take a gulp. <laughs> Did my coffee and my the lid of my coffee touch your lips? It grazed it. It grazed your lips. It's kind of like being kind of pregnant. Either you put your lips on it or not, if you'll pardon the expression. You think I'm going to drink that coffee after the lid touched his lips? The backwash that kicked back into the cup. You think I'm drinking that coffee? Absolutely not. And that is the cabbage and cut of the day right here in Chicago's home for sports. I got him sick, Hoodie. That's what Twitch chat's saying. Yeah, well, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. That's fine. I mean, it's the, I think it was the old backwash. That's what happened. I can You can connect the dots that he touched your, you touched his okay. thing. And okay. he gets sick. Okay. Right. Careful. Oh, you right. can do it. All right. <laughs> Now we go to do the newsroom. ABC Seven yeah, we Eyewitness gotta, we News. We class this up. It's ABC Seven Eyewitness News. Tracy Butler's with us. Tracy, kind of chilly out. Really cool today. Chilly. It's your fault. Uh, yeah, yes, thank you, yes. Cap. Yeah. I mean, hoodie. Yes, yes. <laughs> Brutal week. Brutal week for us bald guys, man. Yeah, oh. that's true. Been too cold. That's true. That's why I've worn the hat two days in a row the whole show. Well, I'm glad at least you're wearing a hat that's appropriate because last week I walked in here and Hoodie stunned me by wearing a hat from my competition. So Channel 5. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was going to say, was <laughs> was it the Giants or the Jets knowing you? <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Uh, Being the Pittsburgh girl you are. So. I have a question for you guys. Yes. about You were talking about broadcasting. You were talking about Tony Romo and for some disdain. Does anybody watch the games? Like my dad... He listens to the local radio guys right, calling right. the games. Do, do folks still do that? Like, yeah. I mean, no, my they dad do. always does. Well, I know first baseball. Of all, starting is a next big season, deal. I will be listening to the local broadcast. Yes, yes. I will too. But, I too. but I think plenty of people do. I think sometimes you just forget. You're at home, you put on the TV, and you forget. I kind of forget. Now, I won't next year because we have the games. Right. But, um, yeah, that's a good point because it's the only local broadcast you can get, right? Yes. These are national announcers. Mm-hmm. The radio team is the local team. I think people do. You got to sync it up, though. I do a nice sync up job, though. It's yeah. a big screen downstairs. You got to sync it up with the radio. I do that for Bears games. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I want. So wondered. you do, do right. that. Okay. Yep. I, I'm going to definitely do it next year because I'm tired of these national announcers. And for the White Sox, I just talked about this the other day with the White Sox. I haven't heard a lot of Benetti and Stone. 
because if I'm listening to Len and DJ with the White Sox in the app, I can move around. I can water the grass. I can right. be out, outside, done, like, yeah. whatever. So, yeah. I don't, so I'm not in front of the TV. So if I go back, I can see the play. And I can just walk around, wash clothes, whatever, right? Right. right. So, so absolutely. Absolutely. Just curious. Yeah. Just curious. Now, I, I, I wonder how many football fans do it. That's a good question. So yeah. I just feel like you, you plop down on your couch. You just have the game on. But, but right. I'll tell you, starting next year, it's, it's Joni Ack and Thayer for me. You have no choice. Yeah. It's the best. Without a doubt. Without yeah, a especially doubt. if Romo's doing the game. It, well, that, yes. <laughs> Why is it so cold in Chicago? Why is that? Honey, this is a... I'm Jose Sin. It's, it's a, <laughs> this is a brief... Quick little blast today. Yep. I mean, okay. on our, our coldest wind chill this morning was 17 below. You may remember back in 2019, mm-hmm. we had wind chills of 52 below zero around here. So mm. we can get through it. We see a moderating trend. I know you have a big drive this weekend. Yes. What's what's the drive to Iowa City going to be like? Because I know no one from else from Illinois is going to make that drive. <laughs> they don't have tickets, but right. I'm doing it. What's that going to be so like tomorrow? I'm so glad this isn't last weekend when we had freezing rain and we had yeah. snow. You are going to have the worst that will happen to you. You'll have to make sure you hold on to the steering wheel. It's going to be windy. But it windy. will be dry okay. the whole way and back. And I think I saw 40s. Yes. Yeah, which is a nice reprieve after this Yeah, week. I mean, we really, despite what the groundhog said, and, you know, that's fun folklore, um, so next week might feel a little like spring at times. What about the dead uh, uh, groundhog from Canada? You heard about this, right? <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in peace. You, saw, you heard about this, right? I, he- I heard, okay. yes. That's very sad. Your fault also. <laughs> okay, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the case. <laughs> so a little spring reprieve uh, next week. A little, little bit. A little, little, little reprieve from winter. A little bit. Tracy knows me. I don't nice. complain. It's fine. He doesn't. I don't complain. Well, I'm happy. I do. I'm just going to say. We live I'm in like, Chicago. Cap, what do you expect? Cap, it's, I know, it's February. I know, well, I know. I mean, I'll take this. That, you know, here's the thing. You're not allowed to complain now. The, the, when You can complain in April or in May when you're at Wrigley or, yeah. or guaranteed rate, and it's still in the 30s. That's right. when we can complain. Yes. Opening day baseball season, and it's snowing. It's always brutal. That is brutal. Totally agree. Great seeing you, Tracy. You two guys, always. Time for our prom picture, but first, we got to thank everybody for listening and calling and switching and being part of the program here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Jesse, you're the you man. Throw your friendship. I might be here Monday. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse won't be here Monday. He's gone. He's out of here. But thanks for letting me sit next to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Jay Moore, for a great week. And for Cap and for Tracy Butler and for Jesse Rogers, is John the Hood. Thanks so much for checking out the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago.